Deeper Dive podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church in a year. Today is day number 187, and we begin with number 1391. Holy Communion augments our union with Christ. The principal fruit of receiving the Eucharist in Holy Communion is an intimate union with Christ Jesus. Indeed, the Lord said, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Life in Christ has its foundation in the Eucharistic banquet. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who eats me will live because of me. On the feast of the Lord, when the faithful receive the body of the Son, they proclaim to one another the good news, that the first fruits of life have been given, as when the angel said to Mary Magdalene, Christ is risen. Now too are life and resurrection conferred on whoever receives Christ. What material food produces in our bodily life, Holy Communion wonderfully achieves in our spiritual life. Communion with the flesh of the risen Christ, a flesh given life and giving life through the Holy Spirit, preserves, increases, and renews the life of grace received at baptism. This growth in human this growth, this growth in Christian life needs the nourishment of Eucharistic communion, the bread for our pilgrimage until the moment of death, when it will be given to us as viaticum. Holy communion separates us from sin. The body of Christ we receive in Holy Communion is given up for us, and the blood we drink shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. For this reason, the Eucharist cannot unite us to Christ without at the same time cleansing us from past sins and preserving us from future sins. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the death of the Lord. If we proclaim the Lord's death, we proclaim the forgiveness of sins. If, as often as blood is poured out, it is poured poured for the forgiveness of sins, I should always receive it, so that it may always forgive my sins. Because I always sin, I should always have a remedy. As bodily nourishment restores lost strength, so the Eucharist, Eucharist strengthens our charity, which tends to be weakened in daily life, and this living charity wipes away venial sins. By giving himself to us, Christ revives our love and enables us to break our disordered attachments to creatures and root ourselves in him. Since Christ died for us out of love, when we celebrate the memorial of his death at the moment of sacrifice, we ask that love may be granted to us by the coming of the Holy Spirit. We humbly pray that in the strength of this love by Christ, by which Christ willed to die for us, by receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, may be able to consider the world as crucified for us and to be ourselves as crucified to the world. Having received the gift of love, let us die to sin and live for God. By the same charity that enkindles in us, the Eucharist preserves us from future mortal sins. The more we share the life of Christ and progress in his friendship, the more difficult it is to break away from him by mortal sin. The Eucharist is not ordered to the forgiveness of mortal sin that is proper to the sacrament of reconciliation. The Eucharist is properly the sacrament of those who are in full communion with the Church. The unity of the mystical body, the Eucharist, makes the Church. Those who receive the Eucharist are united more closely to Christ. Through it, Christ unites them all to the faithful in one body, the Church. Communion renews, strengthens, and deepens this incorporation into the Church, already received by baptism. In baptism, we have all been called 
to form but one body. The Eucharist fulfills this call. The cup of blessing, which we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. If you are the body and members of Christ, then it is your sacrament that is placed on the table of the Lord. It is your sacrament that you receive. To that which you are, respond, Amen. Yes, it is true. And by responding to it, you ascend to it. For you hear the words, the body of Christ, and respond, Amen. Be then a member of the body of Christ, that your amen may be true. Father Jack. Thanks, Bill. You know, this is only the, the first half of the section on the fruits of, commun- of Holy Communion. So, uh, you know, the, the next the next episode will have the, the finishing of this section. So it's kind of, but, but these, we kind of go in a descending order, right? It is the most powerful fruit, the most important fruit, and we kind of work our way slightly down just a little bit not to say that they're unimportant but rather that that it's important to see even in the structure of how the catechism lays out these fruits the fact that um there is a, a kind of a descending order um so that we can kind of uh highlight uh, how how important these things truly are and so the first is that uh holy communion brings us into union is uh, Catechism says it as augments our union with Christ, but it brings us into a stronger union with Christ. It is because it is His body; it brings us ever closer to Him, uh, and and strengthens that that connection with Him. It's meant to be uh, this this great union with Him uh, that that is so powerful, and there is no um, nothing to replicate it. You know, uh, you know the. The Eucharist is a source of great sacramental graces, and uh, and so it is his his living presence. Um, and because it is effective in what is, has been instituted as it is uh, his body that he has proclaimed, and therefore transforms us. But but it also does other things, right? It's just usually we talk about it as this real presence because that's how powerful it is, um, and and because it is his real presence, we become we eat of his very flesh. But it also separates us from sin and preserves us from future sin. So it's important to see the, the catechism is very careful of, of how this is done. Um, that it, it separates us from the small sins, the venial sins, the, um, the, the minor hiccups that we do in which sometimes we're just not even aware of them, but um, that, that it removes those imperfections that, that kind of, um, you know, we, we want gone anyway, but yet continue to, to um, spring up in our lives. I, you know, kind of struck by the fact that St. Ambrose says, because I always sin, I should always be fed by uh, by the body that removes that sin. I should always have this remedy for sin. And I'm looking at going, you're a saint, man. How are you? I mean, if you're always sinning, I should be much more confident in my ability to say I'm always falling into sin. Uh, and we all should. We should all be aware because you know, St. Ambrose was not a you know, a scrupulous man. He wasn't a, uh, someone who, who, uh, lived in despair. He just was humbly recognizing his presence, humbly recognizing his flaws, um, as we all are called to do. And so we look to, 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 to that being stated and we look to that 
And we should say, oh, look at how great of a gift it is that the Eucharist removes and is a remedy for sin. Now, but we should be attentive because the Catechism very quickly reminds us, but that's not mortal sin. <laughs> There's a whole new thing when it comes to our complete separation from the love of God that we freely choose, the walls that we freely uh, put up so, so, so that God's love cannot enter our heart. Because God will do the work, the manual labor of wiping away the, the venial sins that, that kind of are, are obnoxious and, and, and annoying to, to our relationship with him. Um, but he doesn't burst through the walls that we have, we have chosen to put up. Right? He doesn't run through the locked door but he will sweep the house for us. Um, that that that's the fruit of communion is that it'll it'll cleanse us, sure, but it, it won't uh, replace our free will. And with that, we, we we start to recognize, okay, yeah, that's what this is about. It's uh, it's it's brought in, or it's highlighted even in in how we receive communion now, where the priest or the minister says uh, the body of Christ, and we respond, Amen. That is, it is true. Um, this great Hebrew word that that we should continue to say, um, to to be able to say, ah, I freely choose to be a part to receive this body of Christ and to also be a part of this body of Christ to receive the real presence and be brought into the mystical presence to be uh, a, a receptacle of of this great grace that was given not just to me as the individual, but truly to the church, that this is the beauty of it, is that I unite myself with my head by becoming uh, more perfectly a member of his body.